Hello, this is Rory with the Love Chat, and today's topic is how to soothe relationship anxiety. Now, this is video number 21. If you have a question you'd like for me to consider featuring on the channel, please email me at thelovechat at gmail.com. And if you enjoy these videos, please subscribe and hit like so that the channel can grow and reach more people who have a broken heart. Now then, how to soothe relationship anxiety, and this goes for people who are just out of a breakup, or whose relationship is heading towards a breakup. Really, this is for anybody who's feeling anxiety that is due to relationship troubles. Okay, so the following steps are going to be things that require you to get away from the computer, all right? Obviously, if you reach out to me and we chat and I assign for you some videos to watch and we talk over Skype or email, that's a little different, okay? But most of the steps I'm about to give you are going to help you resolve some of that anxiety, help you think a little more clearly away from a screen, okay? Step one, go to the gym. It's going to be one of the best things you've done for yourself, and I've coached many people, and for the ones who followed my advice and actually got up and went to the gym or went walking or did something physical, something of a physical nature, it can be swimming, it can be doing yoga, whatever, but it helps your body heal. Even emotional issues are helped, okay? So just because you've gone through a very traumatic time and you're feeling very anxious, uh, you know, hitting the gym obviously will help your body no matter what you're going through, but this will help clear your mind. It's going to release a lot of those good hormones that are going to make you feel a lot better, and you're going to feel more clean. Uh, I don't really know how to explain it. It's, it's You have to go experience it. If you're going through any type of heartbreak right now, just spend one week at the gym working out as hard as you can. One week. That's all I'm asking. And then come talk to me and tell me if that helped, because I promise you that it will. Now, as you're getting more and more fit, obviously, you're going to feel good about yourselves, and you're going to look in the mirror, and you're going to have that added intrinsic value there. Now, as well as that, you're going to be able to think a little more clearly, right? And this is a time where we want to think clear. We want to plan smart moves, okay? Because we're kind of on a line here, and it if we fall one way, uh, you know, we may never hear from our ex again. If we fall the other way, then we have a much better shot of getting them back. So we want, really, we want you guys to make the right moves here and do the right thing. Step one, big time, is go to the gym, get that anxiety down. Okay, so step two, and this step is going to sound a little weird, but I want you to try it before you uh, judge it, is write down, okay, let's, let's say you are thinking about reaching out to your ex. I want you to take a piece of paper and just write down the situation, okay? This is not like journaling. Journaling is, you know, dear diary, today I felt like this. No, this is, my name is blank, and my intention is to message my ex. It has been exactly two months of no contact, but my anxiety is trying to get me to reach out to them. Something in that format. It doesn't have to be those exact words. It has to be in your kind of, in your inner monologue. And write out exactly what you want to do, and write out what outcome you'd like to have, okay? And then write out the likelihood of getting that outcome. And then send it to a, a confidant, a friend, a family member, somebody who you've been talking to about the breakup, who knows, okay? Show it to them, and then have them read it back to you while you sit there, okay? You must be listening intently for this to work. Have them read back to you what you wrote down. And if you feel a tinge of like, oh God, I can't believe I wrote that down, then you know, right there it should show you. Even you, the person who is afflicted, the person who is not thinking clearly, 
can hear by your own words why you shouldn't do what you're thinking about doing. It doesn't have to be breaking no contact. It could be looking at their Facebook. It could be anything like that. Anything you know you're not supposed to do. Because there's two sides of us that we're always fighting. Right? There's the one side that's saying, I really want to do this. I really want to do this. I really want to do this. And there's that little tiny voice saying, you know you shouldn't. You really know you shouldn't. Like, nothing good's going to come of this. You're going to feel worse. You know you're going to feel worse. Listen to me for once, please. Please, God, listen to me. And so basically, what do you think is going to happen? Which voice do you usually let win? Now, if you're somebody who has an iron will and you never look at your ex's Facebook or Instagram and you never think about texting your ex, um, good for you. But for the vast majority of people listening, you probably are like, oh my God, I want to text my ex. I'm so, I'm freaking out. So have a friend read it or a family member or whoever it is that you trust. And I promise after they read it, if you don't feel anything, have them read it again. And mainly, remember that we're different people. So maybe step one doesn't work for you or step two doesn't work for you. But maybe steps three or four or whatever will work for you. Basically, you want to use these like tools in your utility belt, okay? We're all different people and we handle situations differently. So it would be foolish to think that what works for me as a person will work the exact same way for you. All right, moving on to step three. So you want to get with a counselor or a therapist or me. And ask yourself and that person, where is this insecurity coming from? Okay? Because we all feel like at some level we're not enough. And so once we address where that's coming from, we begin to soothe our relationship anxiety. You see, somebody who feels complete with themselves and only themselves is somebody who's truly ready for a relationship. At the end of the day, most of the relationships that we hear of be it our own parents, or siblings, or cousins, or best friends, or whatever, how many relationships do you know that the two people found themselves because one person was complete, and the other person was complete, and they got together and shared their completeness? This is something we very rarely see. Usually we get into a relationship, and it fills a void that maybe we didn't even know was there. Now, this can be very unhealthy because we learn to rely on a relationship as a means of happiness. Now, relationships will certainly enhance your life, right? The butterflies feel amazing and fantastic, and that feeling is addicting. But when we begin to rely on it, as in, I need this to get me through the day, that stems from somewhere deep down, a deep personal insecurity that we have, all right? The sense of independence that you once had is not there, and so we need to go out and regain that. But what's important is that you don't beat yourself up because when you lose something that you truly cherished like a person, it's completely understandable that you feel that void. You're made aware of it now. And what's really important is that you don't let anybody berate you for feeling that way, okay? Remember, you feel how you feel and how you feel is correct because it's you, it's organic. It's not something you're forcing, right? So... Get with a counselor, get with a therapist, or talk to me, and let's figure out what's going on here. And let's figure out how we can go about best helping you in your situation. Okay, step four, and this is probably the hardest one to follow, is affirm the positives of the breakup or of the turmoil that you're currently going through, okay? What is good about this? Now, people will often say, nothing, this sucks. 
but I think if you thought hard enough about it, you could find some positives in this. For example, a chance to grow, a chance to become a better person and a better partner, okay? And I think it was Craig Kenneth who said, nothing motivates you like a breakup. And how true is that, guys? I mean, I've spoken to so many of you, and you guys have been telling me all these different things you've been doing, like going to the gym, losing 40 pounds, uh, taking up your favorite hobby again, meeting new people on meetup.com, putting yourself in situations that formerly made you uncomfortable. These are life-growing situations. And the best thing is, if your ex and when your ex reaches out, they're going to see it. You won't have to say the phrase, oh, well, I've been hitting the gym. They can see. Oh, well, I've been working on this. It, you're just, your excitement about life and this new zest that you feel will be apparent. It's infectious to be around somebody who loves life, who is charismatic, who is excited to improve themselves because it helps people. It's, it's it, yeah, infectious is really the best way to put it. You know, especially during New Year's when everybody is telling me, oh, well, you know, my New Year's resolution is this or that. And what's the first thing everybody does? Oh, well, my New Year's resolution is to lose 10 pounds. Let me hit the gym. Okay, yeah, by January, that's great. But, you know, by February, they're gone, right? All that motivation went out the window. But if you surround yourself with people who exude that motivation, that charisma, that's the kind of person you want to be around. That person who, like, almost seems to shine. And it's so weird, and they can do no wrong, and they're always... They always have a nice big smile on their face, and they're just never worried about anything because those are people who are living to their potential. And those people who know that if things aren't going for them right now, well, then they will eventually go for them because they're affirming the positives. They're focusing on what's going right about their life instead of what's going wrong. All right, step five, practice mindfulness. Now, for those of you who don't know what that is, mindfulness and meditation go hand in hand, and basically it means that you're open to whatever will take place. It doesn't necessarily mean you are judging everything and, and your mind is focused on everything. Rather, it means you're open to anything. Now, let's really let's let's get into the nitty-gritty of this. If you're feeling bad and you're feeling pain, observe it. Stay mindful of it. What lesson does this pain have to teach us? If you're feeling sad, stay mindful of it. What lesson have you learned here? If you're feeling bitter, or happy, or overjoyed, or anything. Mindfulness means that you are open and receptive to what's taking place within you, around you, everything. Now, it means that you're not going to judge yourself based on what you're organically feeling, okay? There should be no judgment taking place. Like I said earlier, how you're feeling is how you're feeling, okay? And to judge yourself based on how you think you should be healing, or how come you're not healed yet, or anything like that, that's judgment that's not helpful, okay? You're not comparing. You're simply evaluating. This is, it's an idea, and it takes a long while to get, but once you really get it, and you just are receptive to whatever the universe is going to bring to you, I promise you're going to feel a lot better. That's all I had for today. If you found my video helpful, I'd be very grateful if you'd subscribe and hit like. Definitely leave a comment below and tell me what topics you'd like to cover in the future. Also, if you'd like to do a Skype coaching or an email coaching, definitely be sure to email me at thelovechat at gmail.com. Until next time.